Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll talk about the Hawks' first-round draft pick, Oneka Okongwu from USC. Without further ado, let's get into it. Actual transactions happening for the Atlanta Hawks in 2020. Did not know if we'd ever get here. The NBA had their draft. They're having their season start up on December 22nd. It's all moving really fast after the NBA bubble. But the Hawks made a selection in the first round of the 2020 draft. They were the number six pick overall. And despite some surprises right ahead of the Hawks, um, the first three picks really went to the three prospects that were considered a tier above everyone else with the Timberwolves taking Anthony Edwards from Georgia, the Warriors who got devastating news that Clay Thompson had injured his leg. And we got news today that Clay Thompson will miss another year of basketball, which is just brutal, but they selected uh, Wiseman from Memphis who only played two games in college. And then, the Hornets, Charlotte Hornets, selected LaMelo Ball, um, and so Michael Jordan, who owns the Hornets, will have one of the Ball brothers playing for him, and the Hawks will see LaMelo a lot now. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets are in the same division as the Hawks, so we'll get a lot of Trey versus LaMelo matchups. I don't know if they'll be covering each other, but that'll be a lot of fun to watch. As the draft went on, there are a couple picks right before the Hawks that were really interesting. The Bulls at number four ended up taking uh, Patrick Williams from Florida State. He is a player who did not start any games for Florida State. Florida State was very good in college this year, but Patrick Williams was a freshman who came off the bench, and that was really a shocking pick. Patrick Williams did seem to shoot up a lot of draft boards going into the draft. Um, Of course, there's this really long period, abnormally long period, Um, of teams being able to study these prospects because of everything going on in the world. And Patrick Williams seemed to be one of the big beneficiaries of that, being picked a lot higher than many people had him going at the beginning of the draft evaluation, the prospect evaluation process. After he was picked, Isaac Okoro, who is from the Georgia area and went to Auburn, got picked by the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a player a lot of Atlanta fans that I've seen online were very interested in, a defense-first wing, very athletic, very explosive, um, who played, like I said, right down the road at Auburn and was a very strong contributor for them even as a freshman. And that led to the number six overall pick, which the Hawks had. Going into the draft, I thought that the Hawks would really lean towards someone like Tyrese... Halliburton, um, a guy from Iowa State, a guard, a big guard who uh, could shoot threes, maybe wasn't going to be a primary ball handler in the NBA, but certainly could be a secondary ball handler and a guy with good size you could put next to Trey. And he would be able to take the toughest defensive assignments and be a nice off-ball three-point shooter that would really complement Trey. But that is not where the Hawks ended up going. And in fact, today it came out that um, a lot, a couple of picks, both Halliburton and Dinia Avdia, who didn't get picked quite as high as a lot of people thought he was going to, the 
um, guard from Israel. Uh, a couple of these players really had no desire to go to the teams that were in the top 10. Avdia ultimately went number nine to the Wizards, and Halliburton ended up going number 12 to the Sacramento Kings. But apparently these players did not really have a lot of interest in going to the top teams. And so um, the Hawks, despite being a place where Halliburton could have fit very well, ended up choosing Onyeka Okongwu from USC, a big man. He's a very interesting prospect. Um, Drafting centers is something that I personally am not very for just because of how kind of marginalized the position has been in the NBA. It seems like you really want to have a certain quantity of perimeter players, wings being kind of the highest value. And of course the Hawks already have their starting point guard in Trey, but uh, a Kongu is a very interesting prospect that really, I think got a lot of help. He's very productive in college, but he's only six, nine. He does have a 7-2 wingspan, which is great, and he is a defensive first prospect, but he's a player, these smaller centers, who I think has really been helped by the fact that you know, the NBA as a whole has gotten a little bit smaller, but really the play of Bam Adebayo has um, caused a lot of teams to look at the center position a little differently and seeing if they can get guys who can really move their feet, switch on defense, and then be able to, do, like, just move the ball on offense. Um, and Okongwu has gotten a lot of comparisons to Bam Adebayo. Again, he's 6'9". I think he's 245. He had a couple of really great interviews with Mike Schmitz that are on YouTube, but he uh, was talking about how he may have even grown a little bit, and he might be 6'9 without shoes, so 6'10 with shoes on. Um, but he's a very explosive athlete a very uh, good vertical and lateral athlete and someone who can really step out and guard on the perimeter as well as be a defender down low. Like I said, he had a very, very productive uh, freshman year at USC. He came from Chino Hills, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but he played 28 games for the Trojans, averaged 16 points, 8.5 rebounds, and an assist. He shot 61.6% from the field, um, and he shot 72% from free throw. Uh, A lot, that free throw percentage is usually a sign of kind of how a player could adjust to shooting jump shots or what their touch is like. And so there's some thought that Okongwu could step out and start shooting jump shots in the NBA, but he hasn't proven that at all. He didn't shoot a lot of jump shots. Um, in college, he only shot four three-pointers in college. He made one of them, so 25%. But again, that is on no sample size, really. Four shots total. Um, but he has a very interesting offensive potential, but that's not there. His defense is really what excites a lot of people. Again, he can really move his feet. He ended the season with 76 blocks for a guy who's only six nine, six ten. He is very very uh high motor guy one thing that stood out in all of the profiles that i've read about okongwu is that he is a just high motor player somebody who is never not giving effort on the court and someone who is really um tenacious in his going for rebounds 
uh, wanting to get blocks. And another part of him getting blocks is he did not foul as much as uh, you might think trying to go for blocks. He ended, he would average 33.5 fouls a game or per 40 minutes, excuse me, and 3.5 blocks a game, which is, I mean, to be coming and trying to go after everything blocking-wise and not foul because he has very good body control and tends to uh, try to block shots keeping his verticality is very uh, is not normal for a young player. And again, um, this was Okongwu's freshman year in college. He's only 19. He's very young. So a young big man that I think can come in. And he will be interesting because because of his size and uh, maybe his versatility, or at least it's just his athleticism. He's talked about he thinks he can play next to both Capella and John Collins. Um, John Collins played a lot of small ball five last year. Uh, Travis Schlink has said that he does not think that John will play as much small ball five going forward next year. So having a guy that can uh, – be a filler next to Capella and John Collins is really exciting. And I think Akongwu fits that before I go any further, uh, I should mention that Akongwu's nickname, of course, here on the Kettlecast, we're all about nicknames. He's big O, uh, not the most original nickname, but that's a good one. Big O. And when they showed him getting drafted, it was a very, it was a very interesting draft. Again, this was not held in Brooklyn. Um, all of the, prospects were not in the same uh, building they were all sitting at tables everybody was at their house or together with their family and uh, family and friends and kind of on their couches watching the draft just like everybody else who was watching the draft and um, it was funny the draft was sponsored by Mountain Dew and there was a ton of Mountain Dew around Akangu and a lot of tweets were sent off that if he's coming to Atlanta he'll have to lose that Mountain Dew sponsorship because we're a Coke town, but um, it was very touching. Uh, Okongwu uh, cried when he got drafted, and he was there with his mother, and they put up a story about his his older brother, who unfortunately passed away, was one of his best friends, and how he's carrying on the legacy of his brother um, in making it to the NBA. Uh, but getting back to his um, kind of childhood or his high school days, he played with the Ball Brothers in Chino Hills. His freshman year, he got to play with Lonzo and actually all three of the Ball Brothers. And I think this is an interesting intersection of a big man having played with Lonzo, LaMelo, and um, LaAngelo, the middle brother, um, because they play a really up-tempo style of play in high school. And also, all three of well, at least Lonzo and LaMelo are throwing passes to big men, and you have to be ready to catch the ball. And one of uh, Okongwu's best qualities is he has really soft hands. And uh, he was asked where did those come from, and he said he had to get used to catching balls because Lonzo would just sling passes to him, and he had to catch them. So I think that uh, experience with the Ball brothers will have gotten – Akangu a little bit prepared to play with Trey Young. Of course, Trey wants to get the ball to all of his teammates and makes passes from unorthodox areas and sees things before other players do. And so I think that's some experience Akangu will have that will really serve him well here in Atlanta. 
He did say he's very close with LaMelo. Again, another interesting um, just twist of fate that he's going to be going against LaMelo many times here in the Southeast Division. Uh, he said he talks to LaMelo almost every day. Um, I guess the friendship stemming from them playing together in Chino Hills. But uh, I think that is going to really have prepared Okongu well for playing with Trey Young. I do think that the defensive meta- mentality and uh, Okongu's willingness to go up and get blocks is going to help his fit next to John Collins. One of the worries with John Collins is that he's not a five defensively, that he can put up all the offensive numbers in the world, but he's not going to be able to guard fives in the NBA, or he hasn't really done that um, at an above average rate so far in his career. And Okongu will come in and be able to be a defensive force that will really help all the players who he is playing with. He's very... To get back to his high motor, he moves up and down the floor really well. And he doesn't, when the ball comes to him on offense, he's not keeping that ball and pounding it into the ground or looking for his shot. He moves the ball really well. He could do a little bit better uh, at maybe taking a second with the ball and making the best pass, but he really makes a concerted effort to either get his shot up, get his shot up and go to the basket, or he moves the ball to the next player. Um I think he's going to be a great uh, lob threat with Trey. I actually can't wait to see the first few games with John Collins, Capella, and Okongwu just dunking. I think this is going to be a uh, lob Lanta. Um, I don't know if it's alley oop Lanta. I don't. We have to come up with some name because there are going to be a lot of dunks going down at State Farm Arena. So he's going to not do anything ridiculous on offense. He's not shooting jump shots yet. Like I said, he is mostly a, even despite being 6'9", he's back to the basket player. Um, His athleticism um, will allow him to develop, I think, a face-up game where he can maybe take a couple dribbles and get to the basket, but that is not his game right now. Um, So he was a really interesting pick for the Hawks. At number six, they certainly could have gone wing for sure. But Travis Schlink said they, at this point, they're trying to get best player available at the board when they were picking, and they felt that Okongwu was that. He also said in uh, his article with Chris Kirshner that at this point, the rookies at the Hawks draft are no longer guaranteed to get a, a bunch of minutes whereas in the past Trey, Kevin Herter, even Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter um were not necessarily coming in and having a starting job to start the season. Of course with Capello who we haven't even seen on the court with the Hawks so far is kind of penciled into that starter's role but um Travis Link was saying we want our rookies to come in and they're going to have to compete to get time on the court during game time and I think um, Okongwu, from everything, is just super high character guy. He's going to come in and work hard. Um, his high motor really makes it feel difficult that like he could wash out or he's not going to give full effort. But uh, one thing I do want to caution is with as many comparisons as there have been with Bam Adebayo, that that's uh, kind of an unreasonable expectation. Adebayo was much better uh, dribbling and playmaking, passing the ball, then those are skills that Okongwu doesn't have at at this time. He's make he makes some passes. Like I said, he averaged an assist per game at USC, 
but that is not certainly what he's known for or, or what really pushed him to get drafted this high. And uh, the comparisons to Bam, I mean, Bam's been this char- this archetype of player that really hasn't been super successful in the NBA so far, and Bam's a special player. Um, of course, the NBA is a copycat league. Teams see what one team's doing and, and want to match that. But uh, I would caution trying to put that on a Kongu right from the start. He's a very, he is a defensive minded guy in all the interviews I've seen. He's when they ask about defense, he always says that that's first and that's just a given and kind of offense is the cherry on top. And um, that's the fun side of the ball, or, or that's kind of what you get for playing defense. And so I think he's coming in with the right attitude or mindset, but um, let's just see what, how Okongwu does coming into the NBA and let him find himself first before putting all-star expectations on him um, with like what Bam has done. Um, So I think this was a very strong pick. I really thought the Hawks were going to take Halliburton with that six pick if he was available. And um, that combination of shooting and size was very um, tantalizing for me. But I think the Hawks made the right decision in getting Okongwu. And I think this is a guy who could come in and be a great combination with Trey. Another thing that is not looked at as much, he's 19 years old. He's still really young for him to have to be kind of as professional. Sam Vecini had a great profile on um, Okongwu talking about how he has a professionalism about him. It's interesting to use the word professionalism with these young players for just going out and playing hard and, and their workmanlike work ethic, I guess, but it's a good thing to hear. And although his offensive side is not as developed as defensive side, if that were a guard who couldn't shoot threes, one of my big questions with Isaac Okoro was his inability to shoot threes. That was a place that the Hawks really need to get better. They need three-point shooters around Trey. But with a big man who's going to stretch the floor vertically, which is a little different from how Trey uh, spaces the court, but Okongo is going to put a lot of pressure on the rim. And with him, Capella, and John Collins all able to go and put that pressure on the rim, it's going to open up the perimeter for Herder, Hunter, um, Cam Reddish, and Trey. So I think this was a great pick for the Hawks. It's a super high-character guy who Atlanta Hawks fans are going to have an easy time getting to know and getting to like, I think. Um, It just could not have been – there are a lot more picks that could have had a lot higher bust potential or – or not be as good for the Hawks. So I think Travis Schlenk and his team in the front office did a good job in a weird year where they weren't able to go see a Kongu in person. Or I should say Travis Schlenk, the Hawks GM, wasn't able to go see a Kongu in person, but he trusts his scouts. They looked at his statistics and um, all their interviews and and decided that this was the guy that they wanted to come to Atlanta and really uh, work around this core. And it was exciting to hear as well that um, Okongwu was saying he wants to come in and and do whatever he can to help the Hawks get into the playoffs. Um, As a rookie, especially a rookie big, I don't know how much he's actually going to contribute on the court, but to hear that from a young guy, like I said, I can't harp on enough. To hear some of these things from a 19-year-old is really impressive, Um, but I think he's going to come in and fit the culture immediately well. So I think it was a great first round pick for the Hawks. Um, they also had a second round pick where they took a guard from LSU, but we will come back and talk, talk about that on the next Kettlecast. But 
Uh, it's good to get back and he- talking to you Hawks fans once again. Um, I think we should welcome Big O to the Atlanta Hawks and go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast, and I will see you next time.